Welcome to the snooze button. Hey, I'm Brittany of Brittany She and Sleep. I've got 99 problems, but my kid's sleeping isn't one. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the snooze button. Hope everyone's been having a good week. I, for one, am absolutely crazed and losing my mind, which is part of the reason I'm recording this episode midday on Wednesday, the day that it drops, if you will, instead of days or even a week or so in advance. So it is what it is. It's still coming. It's still here. I will never forget you guys. Okay. Today we're going to be talking about rolling. Yes, babies rolling. This is a very common topic, not only among my clients when they're actively in plan, but something I get questions about all the time in my Q&As. So I want to talk about a couple of things. When babies typically roll and how this relates to my recommendations around dropping the swaddle and how it relates to sleep training, safety with rolling, what you should do as a parent if your baby rolls for the first time. We're also gonna talk a little bit about babies moving around in the crib too. So not just rolling over, but just moving around, not staying in the middle of the crib. Because believe it or not, that comes up a lot too. So you might be listening to this being like, yeah, actually I was wondering about that. So here we go. When will your baby roll? I don't know. The range at which babies roll is really, really wide. I have seen some babies do it Now, this is outside of like the freak roll. Every now and then you'll see like a very tiny newborn, like a one-time kind of freak rolls over and then doesn't do it again for five more months. Okay, so take that with a grain of salt. If your baby like rolls at two weeks old, that's not, they didn't like roll. That's, I mean, they did, but it's not like, that's not like a skill they have, right? That's more of like a freak thing that will occasionally happen. Generally, babies will roll sometime between three and six months. That's like the wide range. I would say it most commonly happens at four or five months, okay? So that's like the range you're going with. Now, this is part of the reason that I always recommend moving out of the swaddle between 10 and 12 weeks because for some babies, they give you really strong indications that they're gonna roll, right? It's really obvious you're doing tummy time, you're starting to see them go to their side, they're doing it more and more, and it's like, okay, the roll is coming. It is coming down the hill. Other times it is like you look over on the baby monitor and they're just on their stomach and you had no idea. There was no indication they were going to conquer that skill and perhaps it's earlier than you thought they would. And that is part of the reason I so strongly recommend moving out of the swaddle fully, like arms fully free, not the love to dream, not zip de zip, not the Merlin, actual sleep sack between 10 and 12 weeks because that is when your baby could in theory roll and for safety obviously we do not want them to be face down in a merlin or face down in in a swaddle or something where they don't have access to their hands and can't get out of harm's way okay that is the first thing the other thing i will say very often in the sleep training sleep guidance is what i call it process that is when i see babies roll for the first time because oftentimes they've been swaddled maybe even longer than i would have been ideal right maybe they were four or five months old they're still swaddled or they're in like the snooze swaddle something like that Um, or they basically don't have any time in their crib when they're not asleep right because perhaps previously to the sleep guidance process if they cried or fussed they were immediately picked up right so the only times that they're in the crib they're fast asleep so they don't really have any time to explore their environment or work on their skills, right? There's no like crib time happening. Whereas a baby who's gone through the sleep guidance process, they're put down wide awake. They might like roll around a little bit, talk to themselves, play with their hands, roll over, fall asleep. They wake up perhaps in the middle of a sleep cycle and do the same thing. And then maybe at the end of their nap, same thing. They wake up and they're not screaming. They're just kind of like looking around, hanging out, right? So they have this time in their crib where they're getting comfortable in their sleep environment. So oftentimes once 
the parents have taken a step back and like given them that space, that's when they start conquering these skills. So that's really common. And that's, I think, part of the reason I talk to so many clients about it is because pretty much any time I have a three to six month old client, if they haven't rolled yet, they roll during this process while we're working together. So a couple of things to think about with this. If your baby rolls and they are out of this, obviously if they are swaddled, <laughs> that is a big problem, get them out of the swaddle like right now, but let's assume that's separate, right? You um, have a baby who's, let's say they're four months old, okay? They're four months old, they're in a sleep sack and you put them to bed normally and then you look over on the monitor and they've rolled onto their stomach and they're screaming, okay? The instinct, of course, is to run in and flip them back over and be like, oh no, sorry. But A, either because you're worried that's not safe, right? Oh my God, he's like with his face down on the mattress or just because they're crying and they don't seem to be able to get out of the position. I understand that urge very much. Here is what I would tell you. Don't do it. The reason you don't want to do it is the prevailing science tells us that if a baby is capable of rolling onto their stomach on their own, right, they were just in their crib, they just did it by themselves, then they have the neurological capacity, the core strength, all of the things they need biologically, I guess, right, to be able to get out of harm's way, right? So they are, once they do it on their own, they're capable of being on their stomachs, okay? So I think that is a hard thought process to get behind when we are beaten over the head so much with back is, you know, back is best, back is safe, like put your baby on their back. You should absolutely always put your baby down on their back. But if they roll onto their stomach, that means they are capable of being on their stomach and you do not need to roll them back. So I just want to alleviate you of that, of the safety concern, which of course is like the first thing so many families ask me about. But the second piece of it beyond safety is if you're going in and flipping them back over, you're doing two things, right? One is you're not giving them a chance to realize that they're more comfortable in their stomach and that it would be great to be there. And two, you're not giving them a chance to learn how to flip back over. And those two things are really important. So for the flipping back over, this is when I would say tummy time is so important. Beyond what you're doing, you know, when they're in the crib and they do it on their own, of course they're in there, that's their thing. But during their awake time, once your baby rolls to their tummy in the crib, this is a great thing to make sure you're having some time during the day to work on, right? Make sure they're like on the floor, playing independently by themselves, rolling around, playing, like working on those skills so that it'll be easier for them to get back onto their backs if that's what they want while they're sleeping. But the other piece of it that I just mentioned as well is that most babies are actually more comfortable in their tummies once they figure it out because it's kind of like coming out of the swaddle. It's like they want to use their hands to self-soothe. That's a great skill for them to acquire. But the first second that you do it, you take them out of the swaddle, they don't have the skill yet. So their arms are flailing and they're smacking themselves in the face. I mean, we've all seen it, right? The, the little like jarring, uh, you know, like they look like they're grabbing a beach ball or that. They're just startling themselves. It takes time for them to realize, oh, these crazy little things that are keep whacking me in the face, I actually can control these things and I can actually use them to help myself. But that takes time, right? They have to figure it out and it's the same with rolling. So if you are going and flipping them back over, then they don't even have a chance to realize this is actually really comfortable. Now, if you are a NICU mom like me, or you've just seen pictures of NICUs, you will see that the babies are all on their stomachs often, at least in the hospitals I've been to, which as a mom and a sleep consultant was obviously very alarming to me, but it was explained to me 
still I'm kind of like iffy on this, but you know, they're hooked up to monitors, right? So if something is going awry, there's a nurse or a doctor right there to address it, which is why they do it, because babies sleep better on their stomachs. That's why before the whole back to sleep campaign began about 20 years ago, we were all put to sleep on our stomachs because babies sleep better on their stomachs, right? That's why people did it until they realized it was really unsafe. So most babies, once they're given a chance to figure it out, and it's not just like, holy shit, I just rolled onto my stomach, what is this horrible thing? They actually really like it. So you don't want to flip them over. I know it's tempting. I know it's hard if they're crying, but trust me, I have had more than one client come to me, get a full plan, worked with them for two weeks, and the only issue the baby really had, besides some schedule tweaks and things, was that mom and dad were flipping them like a pancake every night, 30 times a night, right? So at some point, it goes from not only not giving them a chance to learn how to flip back over or to be comfortable in their tummies, it also becomes a bit of a game, right? It's like, I, you know, I hesitate to use the word manipulate. A four-month-old is not manipulating you, okay? They're four months old. They're just a little baby, right? But it is like, huh, cool. If I do this thing, I get to like see them again. This will be fun. We'll just do this all night, right? So all of a sudden, mom and dad are flipping them like a pancake. You know, same kind of thing as passy ping pong, right? It's like once you start, once you pop, you can't stop. So really important to stay strong in those early days, work on your tummy time, make sure we're out of the swaddle and leave them alone when they're on their tummies. Even if they are face down, I know that part is really scary. They know how to move their face if they want to, right? I do think that some babies just prefer that. And it looks really freaky when you look on the monitor and there is nothing wrong if you wanna go in there and put your hand on their back and feel them breathing or just look at them and see that they're breathing. I would probably do the same thing, but they are a-okay. And that leads me into my next little piece of this, which is babies moving around in the crib. So in this case, they're not necessarily having rolled onto their tummy, but they have moved, you put them down on their back in the center of the crib, and you look on the monitor three hours later, and they are like smushed up in the corner, and their head is against the rails, and they're kind of like thrashing their head back and forth. And you're like, oh my God, they're going to concuss themselves. They're going to, you know, be impaled on the corner of the crib somehow, right? I think that's a really common concern. So here's what I will say to that, and I'm sure this will not surprise you. Please don't go move them. Don't do it. Here's a couple of things. One, if you are genuinely in a place of fear and concern about their safety with crib rails, do not use crib bumpers. You can put them in a pack and play if you're that worried about it, okay? Pack and play is perfectly safe and comfortable. And I have had some clients do that just early on as the baby's adjusting from a bassinet to crib transition, they will use a pack and play to kind of ease them into it. You can always do that if you want, and you can leave them in there as long as you want in terms of, you know, how many months or weeks, whatever. But let's assume you're not going to do that. You're going to get them used to their crib. That's fine. Much like the rolling, this is super common when I have clients going through the sleep guidance process, which is why I talk about it in my courses. I talk about it so much with clients when I'm prepping them, because think about you as an adult if you went to a hotel this weekend, okay, and you were by yourself, and maybe you sleep typically in bed with your spouse or whoever, and you always, you know, sleep on the right side. When you go to the hotel, what are you going to do? Probably. You're probably going to sleep on the right side, even though, like, in theory, you could sleep on the left side or in the middle when you sleep on the floor. You're probably going to go to the spot that's, like, your spot, typically, right? And babies have a spot, too. That is what you're seeing, is as they get more comfortable in their cribs, they're spending more time there, it really becomes like a safe, happy place for them. They tend to find a spot. And you know what? I wish I could give you the science behind this. I've been looking for it, and I have not found it, but I see it 
I've probably seen it hundreds of times at this point, it's always smushed up in a corner <laughs> for like every baby. Usually, usually it's oriented towards the door, like where the rest of the house is. This isn't like I'm a part of the community, I'm a part of the family, I'm a part of this bigger, you know, where everyone else is, which is really sweet. Um, I'll be right here and ready when you want to come get me. Um, but most babies will smush themselves up into a corner. So here's what will happen if you go and move them. They will be disrupted. Their sleep will be disrupted. If they were asleep, you could risk waking them up. If they're awake, they're going to be confused, like, why are you coming in here and dragging me to center? Either way, they're just going to shimmy themselves back up into that corner. So it's a bit of a fool's errand, right? It's not even like if you did it once a night, they would just stay in the center. If you did it once, two hours later, they'll be back, right back up there or up in another corner. So that's the one piece I will say of that. Second piece is I want to alleviate you of the fear that your baby's going to be really hurt banging their head or getting stuck in the crib slates or whatever. I will say there have been, never with a client I've actively worked with, but I do know of a friend who's, he was a toddler though, like a bigger baby, um, a toddler who like, you know, purposefully like jammed his leg into a crib slate and it, it did get stuck and they had to like call the fire department. It was a whole thing. That is not one of a client of mine, but it was kind of a funny story. Probably not funny for them at the time. Um, but like, yeah, it's possible for an older child who's sort of like intentionally like doing stuff and like, you know, a big boy, whatever. But your four or five or six month old is not going to concuss themselves or get like dangerously caught in a crib. Now, what they could get dangerously caught in is crib bumpers, right? Which is what the main reason we don't use them, right? Is they can be a suffocation and an entrapment risk at any age, right? More of a suffocation risk for a young baby and an entrapment risk for an older baby or toddler who could be playing with it and pull it off or pull the strings, etc. So we never use crib bumpers, not the mesh ones. I know that most retailers won't even sell the mesh ones anymore. They are explicitly, you know, banned by AAP standards. Um, but when you are looking at your baby thrashing their head and worrying that they're going to hurt themselves, I will just remind you they're not that strong. They are not going to injure themselves when they are smushed up in the corner because those things that they're doing, again, like if you were to drag them to center and try to like hold them still, you're basically preventing them from doing the things to help them fall asleep, right? Because I'll often see parents, um, especially with younger babies like newborns, you know, we were holding their legs down or we hold their arms down or, you know, trying to like basically prevent them from moving in an effort to help them sleep. But what they actually need is to experience putting themselves to sleep. So it would almost be like if you tried, you were you know, sleeping in your bed and you wanted to like flip over to the other side, flip over to the other side of your pillow or you know, go from your back to your stomach. And I like held your shoulders down and was like, no, you're moving too much, you need to sleep. You seem distressed, please fall asleep. It, like you would fall asleep eventually, but like that was, I didn't help you. You needed to move, right? You wanted to get more comfortable. You wanted to find a new position. So this is your baby learning those skills, right? And obviously if they genuinely got stuck, you would move them. But I truly don't really think I've ever seen that happen um, where there was like an injury at play. So the moral of the story when it comes to rolling and moving in the crib is leave your baby alone, give them space. They may be confused or frustrated initially in that first day or two or night or two, but after that, they will realize how comfortable they are, how content they are in their sleep environment, and now they have this amazing skill. They can move to the spot where they feel comfy, they can roll to their tummy if they want, they can roll back if they don't want, all of those things, and you're really helping set a foundation for a happy, independent sleeper, which is what we all want. Okay, short and sweet episode today. I'll be back next week with a special guest, so get ready for that one. All right, love you guys. Have a great week.
Loving the snooze button? Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And please leave a review. I will read it and internalize it, so make sure it's very glowing. If you're interested in working with me or learning more about my courses, head to brittanysheehan.com or follow me on Instagram at Sleep.